Hello and welcome to the Latter-day Saint Women podcast, where we share the inspiring stories and teachings of women of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm your host, Shaylin Beck. You may remember me from the first season of the Latter-day Saint Women podcast, and this season we're very excited to have a co-host with us, Carly Guyman. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Since this is the first episode of season two, Carly and I would just like to introduce ourselves. Again, I'm Shaylin Back. My education and career have been in communication. And before I left full-time employment to spend more time with my three kids, two of which are very young twins, I worked for the Mormon Channel and on the church's social media marketing team. I served a mission in Cleveland, Ohio, which included the Kirtland Historic Sites. So I feel like I'm a church historian wannabe. And selfishly, I've loved being part of this podcast because of what it's done for my own spirituality. I've always been surrounded by strong women in my life, but learning more about the heritage of women in the church, especially leaders, has been very empowering to me as I study more about the gospel and then have the opportunity to teach it to others, including my own children. And now let's meet Carly. Hi, my name is Carly Brand Guyman, and my professional background is also in communications, journalism and communications, and I formerly worked on the church's media relations team where I helped reporters and journalists from all over the world better understand and more accurately report on the church and its members around the world. And one of my favorite parts of that job was to help people better understand the contributions of women in the church and throughout our history. And I believe in women and in the contributions and the things that we have to offer in the church and in the world, our own homes and spheres. So I'm particularly excited to be here on the podcast. As background, I served as a full-time missionary in the Philippines, and I am a wife and a new mom to a little boy. In this season of the Latter-day Saint Women podcast, we will learn from the lives and teachings of women featured in the book, At the Pulpit. It contains 54 discourses given by Latter-day Saint women from 1831 to 2016. These women endeavored to live what they believed and to help their listeners do good works, understand the atonement of Jesus Christ, and to grow in faith. We hope you will be inspired to do so as well. At the Pulpit is available on the Gospel Library app and at churchhistorianspress.org. No matter our age, gospel knowledge, or time in the church, we can all take simple steps to make and keep covenants with God. Bonnie D. Parkin, a former General Relief Society president, teaches that when we keep our covenants, our lives can get better. To discuss Bonnie Parkin's life and her talk with Holiness of Heart, we are very excited to have Jenny Reeder with us. Jenny, welcome to Thank the episode. Thank you. I'm excited to be here today, too. As an introduction, Jenny Reeder is the 19th century women's history specialist at the Church History Department. She has published two books. She, in fact, is one of the editors of this book that we're discussing at the pulpit. And she also published Witness of Women, Firsthand Experiences and Testimonies of the Restoration. Jenny has a PhD in American history from George Mason University and a master's degree in history, archival management, and documentary editing from New York University. She served a mission in the Italy Catania mission and is currently an ordinance worker in the Salt Lake Temple. So, Jenny, we know that you're involved in many really interesting projects uh, with the Church History Department. Would you mind sharing some of the things you're working on right now? Yes. I think one of my most exciting projects is we are collecting the sermons of Eliza Arsenault. And hopefully we'll have a print edition and an online database of all of her talks. But we have a whole team of interns and long-term volunteers who are going through minute books And we're looking at every possible minute book that she could be in 
from 1842 with the Navajo Relief Society to December of 1887 when she passed away. So Jenny and Carly, let's begin by learning a little more about Bonnie Parkins' life and background. So Jenny, Bonnie was a recent Relief Society general president. She served from 2002 to 2007. So some of us may actually remember her, but can you tell us about her background and her life before she was called as the general Relief Society president? Absolutely. Sister Parkin was born in Murray, Utah, and she grew up in Harriman on the family farm. And they also had a family store and where she worked as well. And she went to school at Utah State University where she studied elementary education. Um, she married her husband and he went to medical school in Seattle, Washington. And so they moved there and they were poor medical students. And she realized that she didn't know the scriptures very well. So she had a friend come and sit with her. Um, well, together they sat with their kids running around and they studied the scriptures together. And I love that story. She served on the Relief Society General Board under Elaine Jack, and she was on a committee that looked at the transition from young women to Relief Society. So she kind of had her feet in both areas. She was later called to serve in the Young Women's General Presidency under Jeanette Beckham Hale, where she served with Virginia Pierce. She then served a mission with her husband over the England-London South mission. She was then called after she returned to be the General Relief Society president in 2002 in the April conference. And she served for five years. And she had wonderful things that happened during that time. The Nauvoo Temple was dedicated in June, just a few months. That was her first assignment as General Relief Society president was to attend with President Hinckley. And she actually spoke at the dedication. And I still remember watching. That was one of those dedications that we were all able to participate in in our local churches and I remember having a really incredible spiritual experience there and being so proud to be at a place where the General Relief Society president was involved in a temple dedication the same way they would have been in the early days. So I just wanted to ask you, in an interview with Julie B. Beck, Bonnie shared her hope that women would feel needed, that they would feel that they belonged and they had something to offer and that they were valued as women. That was something that she really wanted to do as a Relief Society president. So Jenny, what were some highlights in her presidency that really demonstrated this hope that she had for women? I still remember the conference session where she was called. I happened to be in the conference center and she bore her testimony about her hope that every woman in the church would feel the love of the Lord daily. And that was sort of her guiding principle throughout her whole presidency. And that was just the type of person that she was. She was such a loving, kind person. I remember feeling impressed to send her a note in the mail and thanking her for that. And she actually called me and wanted me to come meet her in her office. And that was, it was a really neat experience to be able to do that. And she said, I wish we could just be at my house and I could feed you some soup and a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> like she was just such a loving woman and she wanted to make sure that everybody felt the love of the Lord daily in their lives. And I think that is such an important message. She also asked me to serve on the visiting teaching message writing committee. Um, I think I was the token single young adult woman on the committee, but it was a really neat experience to work under her presidency and to try to 
to follow the counsel that she had given and to, to instill women in their visiting teaching messages with this idea of filling the love of the Lord daily. I like that thought because I think sometimes we wonder if that's even possible, right? Is that too much to ask to fill God's love every day? And I think in this message about covenant keeping, that that's kind of a key to that, a way to fill God's love every day. And I think it's something that is possible. And I love that she reminded sisters that it was. This, I think, was one of her first talks as a General Relief Society president after that very first one when she talked about filling the love of the Lord daily. And I really do think you're right, Carly. I think she talks about how covenants are the things that really link us with our heavenly parents. And it is when we recognize those covenants and live those covenants and enact those covenants that we actually feel that love. And that love spurs us to do it even more. It's this beautiful cycle. So, Jenny, as one of the editors of At the Pulpit, what can you tell us of the, about the process of deciding to include this particular talk in At the Pulpit? The most important thing that we wanted to do in selecting talks for At the Pulpit was to find talks that taught core Latter-day Saint theology and core doctrine. One thing that I love about this talk is that she really recognizes the wide range of women, and she does this all the time throughout her presidency, the wide range of women, and she does it in a way that is so inclusive and so welcoming to everybody without singling out different groups of people. She does it in a way that recognizes that covenants are the one thing that we all share as members of the Relief Society. And so as I was reading Bonnie's message, I was reminded of the importance of being on the covenant path and making these binding promises with our Heavenly Father. And Bonnie, she says, no matter our age, no matter our gospel knowledge and our time in the church, we are all women of covenant. So in addition to her message being so inclusive, what does she mean by this? She talks about Mary and Martha as being women of covenant. And in this talk, she talks about Priscilla Staines, an early British convert from 18, who was baptized in 1843. Can you share a little bit more about Priscilla's experience, um, her experience joining the church and then the support she received, even though she was alone on this covenant path, seemingly? Yes, I love that Sister Parkin shares this story. Priscilla was a young woman in England when she found the church. She was 19 years old, and she literally was alone. There was a lot of persecution going on in England at the time, and she had to sneak away in the middle of the night to be baptized because her neighbors and her family members were not happy at all with her decision to become a Latter-day Saint. She wrote that they had to wait until midnight, and then they went to a stream, but it was frozen over, and so the missionary had to chop it open. And I can't even imagine how miserable that would have been, so cold. She said this, and I think it's really poignant, none but God and his angels and a few witnesses who stood on the bank with us heard my covenant. But then she talks about how even though there weren't many people there to witness it, that she would never forget it and that she knew that a recording angel wrote down her name and that her name was listed in the book of the Lord. And I love how Sister Parkin ends her talk talking about how Priscilla was on this ship coming to America and how a woman there sort of took her under her wing and became her mother. And I think that's part of this sense of relief society Obviously, these women were coming from England. They weren't members of the Relief Society yet, 
but hopefully they soon would be when they got to Nauvoo or even when they came to Salt Lake City. But she really just looked out for her as a mother would a daughter. And I know from personal experience that that happens when we're on the covenant path. Since we are fortunate enough to have a recording of this talk, I would love to hear uh, Sister Parkin's words about covenants and how we can honor them by serving others. Covenants or binding promises between us and our Heavenly Father are essential for eternal progress. Step by step, He tutors us to become like Him by enlisting us in His work. At baptism, we covenant to love Him with all our hearts and love our brothers and our sisters as ourselves. In the temple, we further covenant to be obedient, selfless, faithful, honorable, charitable. We covenant to make sacrifices and to consecrate all that we have. Forged through priesthood authority, our covenants kept bring blessings to fill our cups to overflowing. How often do you reflect upon your covenants when you, that they reach beyond mortality and connect you to the divine? Making covenants is an expression of a willing heart. Keeping covenants, the expression of a faithful heart. I think that's such a beautiful idea. Making the covenant is an expression of the willing heart, and keeping them is an expression of a faithful heart. Covenants, obviously, we're taught, are these connections that we have with God, where we promise to Him that we will do certain things. At baptism, we promise that we will take upon us the name of Jesus Christ, that we will comfort those that stand in need of comfort and mourn with those that mourn and rejoice with those that rejoice. We'll be a, a saint. We'll join this community of saints. Um, at the sacrament, we renew this covenant. Um, we've already made it, so we're just renewing it. We're remembering it. This is where what Sister Parkin calls being faithful comes in. I love that I can sit on Sundays and take a deep breath and think about my week and how my week's activities and thoughts and conversations and relationships have reflected my baptismal covenants as well as my temple covenants. I feel really strongly about the temple that we can hear the words of the initiatory and, uh, and make the covenants of the endowment for proxy for someone else. Eliza Arsenault talked about how when we work in the temple, we become saviors on Mount Zion which means we are doing the work for someone to have the willing heart to make that covenant. But in so doing, we too can remember our covenants and remember how we need to be faithful to those covenants. So I think it's like a huge cycle, and it requires us to be present, to be cognizant, and to remember and to recognize, and to really be aware of the sacred nature and the beautiful opportunity that we have to allow these covenants to be made in the names of other women. And sometimes we hear keeping your covenants, and it can sound overwhelming, but I love that you just reminded us that we can be reminded of the covenants that we make and go to the temple and go to sacrament meeting. And Sister Parkins used the word refocus mm -hmm. on our covenants, and I loved that too, that it really can be as simple as that, just instead of getting overwhelmed, saying, okay, what is it that I need to do? And putting ourselves in the mind frame of, she uses the phrase, here am I, send me. And if we're doing that, we're keeping our covenants. If we're being open to receiving revelation 
and we're worthy to receive that revelation, we can be assured that we're keeping our covenants. I love that. There's a, a President Iring said recently that if we feel the spirit of the Lord in our lives, then we know that the atonement is working. And like I said, I love taking the sacrament and I love literally breathing in the beauty of that covenant and then letting out the negative or the hard or the bad things that I've participated in or have happened to me during the week. And it's really a beautiful time for me to remember my covenant and to remember that Jesus Christ has promised to take upon him my troubles and my sorrows. And something else Bonnie Parkin taught that I thought was really important was that if you aren't keeping the covenants that you made, you can change. You can start again. And because of the atonement of Jesus Christ, you can repent and you can move back onto the covenant path that maybe we've wandered from. But that it's not an, an expectation of perfection that we will get on the path and stay on the path and never leave the path. Of course, that's the hope, but that our Savior is merciful and he is full of, of love and grace and that there's always an opportunity to return to him and to renew those covenants and to try again. That's one thing I love about Sister Parkin. She was so real. She said, as you just quoted, that she said it's easy to think about it or to write it down or make a list of it, but it's so much different to live it. Um, one of the stories that she tells in her talk on personal ministry is about her son's mother-in-law, who was a seamstress, and her father brought her some silk from New York, and she was in President Kimball's ward. And one Sunday, she noticed President Kimball had a new suit on. And she thought, oh, that silk that my dad brought me would make such a beautiful tie. So she sewed up this tie, and she was going over to the Kimball's home, and she started feeling really stupid. Like, why would I be making a tie for the prophet? And Sister Kimball, Camilla Kimball, saw her and came out and, and put her arm around her and said, oh, it's so good to see you. And she quickly explained why she was there and how stupid she felt. And Sister Kimball said, never suppress a generous thought. And that's what I think goes right along with these covenants and the fact that we can feel silly or, or make mistakes or be awkward or stumble over our words, but we should never suppress a generous thought. That is what the covenant is, is to reach out and to care for each other. That's such a great example. I actually have that quote hanging up in my house because it was so profound. Never suppress a generous thought. Uh, Bonnie asks, and I actually just want to pose this question to you, Jenny and Carly. When have someone else's covenants with the Lord blessed your life, brought you peace, and nurtured your soul? I thought throughout the talk, Bonnie asked several really profound questions that made me pause and really think about covenants. And this was one of those questions. I thought this was such an interesting way to think about covenant keeping instead of looking introspectively at our lives, looking out and thinking, okay, how has someone else's covenant keeping blessed my life? And immediately so many people come to mind, right? Immediately, you know, family members, parents and siblings and their examples. I thought of my grandma who um, my grandpa passed away when he was quite young and my grandma was left to care for her youngest children, my mom's youngest siblings that were still at home. And she has lived her entire life since then as a single woman. And she is the bedrock of our family. And 
you know, this firm foundation and it's because of her commitment to her covenants that, you know, she really believes that her family can be together and she can be with her husband, my grandpa, again. I thought of her example. I thought of those that lead us in missions, my mission president and other people. I just thought it was so amazing to really, you really see the real impact that covenants have when you look around you at those that have kept them and blessed you. I think also covenants and keeping our covenants can be really simple little things. On Saturday night, I flew back from Denver and it was kind of a late flight and I needed a ride home. I could have easily called an Uber or a Lyft, but I realized that I had a ministering sister and she was always asking me what she could do. And so I texted her and asked her if she could come pick me up and she said, absolutely. And it was just that little thing that she was, she'd been gardening all day, even though it was like after 10 o'clock at night and raining, she was still out in her garden, but she stopped everything and washed her hands and came and picked me up and made sure I got into my house and that everything was good. It's just those little teeny things that are part of these bigger covenants too. She really celebrated covenants. I love how Bonnie Parkin teaches us that covenants can be small acts of service, um, that they don't have to be huge, wonderful, miraculous stories, but that they can just be small things. One of my favorite parts about working in the temple is that I do get to participate in the making of these covenants, but then I also get to stand at the door and say, thank you so much for coming, or help someone find a locker, or sharpen pencils for the prayer roll. It's those little teeny things that make the experience for temple patrons better and easier and that they feel comfortable and loved and know where they're going. I can point to them where the cafeteria is or where the restroom is. These are the small things. They're not the big covenants that we make in the temple, but they're the actually the underlying idea of these covenants, of making sure that everyone is comfortable and that everyone has a sense of the direction that they need. She does say that keeping our covenants comes from consistency in these simple things. Something that I took away from this talk that I mentioned earlier, she kept repeating the phrase, here am I, send me. And it's one thing to be willing to receive revelation and act on revelation, but I think it's another to be proactive in receiving revelation and saying, here am I, send me. She gives an example of saying, send me to help a sister and her newborn. Send me to tutor a struggling student. Send me to love an outsider. Send me where you need me, when you need me. And so I feel like for me, I just would love to, you know, change my prayers to instead of being, you know, help me to know what I should do or help me to be, you know, open to receiving revelation. It's just like, no, I'm here. I'm here. What do you need me to do? And so that's something that I would like to change. Can I just add something to that? Yeah. I love that she uses the phrase, here am I, send me. That's a phrase that we know that our Savior Jesus Christ used in the Grand Council of Heaven. And I love that when we say that too, that she is teaching us that we are actually partnering with Jesus Christ. We're coming to be at one with him. We're sharing his mission. And that is what a covenant is, is coming together and being one in serving and bringing to pass the immortality and eternal life of men and women. Thank you so much. And in conclusion, we'd like to share just one last quote from Sister Parkin's message. She says, Sisters, we keep our covenants when we share our life's wisdom to encourage another. When we visit, teach, 
now minister, with genuine compassion when we help a younger sister know that her fresh perspective will bless us in Relief Society. And I love that she says we can do that. And I know that we all can. So Jenny, thank you so much for sharing your insights and experiences with us. We loved having you on our show today. Thank you. I love talking about these wonderful women. And thanks to each of you for listening to this episode of the Latter-day Saint Women podcast. Please take a moment to leave us a rating or review. And if you liked what you heard, share with your friends and family. We would also love to hear your comments and ideas, what you would like to hear on the Latter-day Saint Women podcast. So please send your feedback to podcast at churchofjesuschrist.org. As a reminder, the talk we discussed today and many other wonderful talks by the women of the church are available in At the Pulpit. At the Pulpit is available in its entirety on the Gospel Library app and online at churchhistorianspress.org. And we invite you, our listeners, to use At the Pulpit as you study, speak, teach, and lead in the gospel. And until next time, I'm Carly Guyman. And I'm Shailen Back. Thank you so much for listening.